Hi, welcome to Silver Show. I'm Mr. Brown. And I'm Ling. This is the TV, movie and DVD review podcast for regular people. And today we are reviewing... We are reviewing um, Awake. Uh, Iron, Iron Man. Man. And Doomsday. Doomsday. I get all the fun movies. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is also quite fun, what? Okay, let's, uh, let's have a look at what's showing this week, though. What's showing what's this week? Okay, well... Um, <laughs> well... Looking at the hottie and the naughty this week. With uh, Paris Hilton. With Paris Hilton, that's right. Uh, story is something like this. A guy has a crush on Paris Hilton and has had a crush on her ever since they were kids in school. Um, and then 20 years later, she's this hot babe, as she was 20 years before. And uh, he's like smitten. But the terrible thing is he has to get past her really ugly best friend. Bad teeth, scars on her legs, um, uh, what else? A uh, big ugly mole. Oh, she just looks quite the bad. I think a bit extreme. La. A bit and extreme. The jokes are all very gross out jokes. Uh, it's 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 a really, really dumb humor movie. La, yeah, I suppose. La. It's Caricature-driven kind of movie. Yeah, la. yeah. So um, if you're a fan of Paris Hilton, I suppose <laughs> it's okay. But, you know, hey, it's a no-brainer, right? So, you know, watch it if you, you just need to relax and de-stress. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like the kind of movie. Mm-hmm. What else is showing this week? Uh? Um, Street Kings? Street Kings. Um, I will give you a review soon for that one. Keanu Reeves as a um, very disturbed cop. Uh, but who is very good at busting uh, heads and catching bad guys. Mm. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is his boss and um, they are caught up in a the murder of his ex-partner, uh, Keanu's ex-partner, that is linked to some internal affairs investigation. Oh, is it? Yeah, and of course, uh, Keanu Reeves' character has to take the law in his own hands. Oh. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> Action freak. <laughs> Well, it'd Keanu be nice Reeves. to see him emote. Uh, yeah, from A to B, right? <laughs> His range. <laughs> but he looks old and haggard here, although he looks buff. Yeah, but actually he's got quite a bit of staying power though. I mean, yeah. for someone who emotes yeah. such a great range. <laughs> such a great, what inverted commas, range. Yes. Uh, that's Street Kings. Uh, tell me more about it in another episode of uh, See What Show. Mm-hmm. What else showing this week? Nims Island. Oh, Abigail Breslin. Yes. She of... Um, Definitely, maybe, and uh, what's the other one? Mayor famous, Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, that's right. Um, and of course, Jodie Foster, my favorite. I think she's miscast in this movie, but that's just me. Really? Yeah. But Have you seen is, it yet? Nah? I saw the trailer. trailer. She didn't look the part. But anywho, anywho, uh, she's a writer, right? And then um, she writes adventure books. She writes adventure books, and then she's supposed to, um, or somebody seeks the help of one of her adventure heroes, and then she, yeah, um, Abigail Breslin is a little girl who lives uh, on an island. Mm. Her name is Nim, I think Nim, and her father is like lost or something, mm. and she needs the help, the help of somebody. So. The only person she knows is her favorite action hero that you know she reads uh, very often. Yes. So she writes to Alex Rover, played by the uh, Gerard Butler. Yes. Yeah, who's an imaginary character in Jodie Foster's mind, mm-hmm. and so instead of Alex, uh, you know. Rover who shows up, it's Jodie Foster. La. Indeed. A very, very um, uh, not used to the outdoors and is very scared of the outside world writer kind of character. Right, right. Being, uh, hanging out with 
with a very adventurous little girl. Correct. Because, yeah. I mean, uh, backstory, of course, is that she writes from the comfort of her own home, behind the, the house, laptop, yeah. etc. Sounds like fun, a uh, little kiddie movie. Uh, we might watch it. Yes, you know. I think I think definitely Mims Island. interesting. Yeah. Mm. Let's jump into review time. See what show review time. Iron Man. Tell me, tell me. Tell me, this is the long-awaited, right? I have to say, this is the best Marvel comic to movie adaptation I've, I've seen so far. Really? Banan. Wow. I mean, the movie rocked from start to finish. Even I, Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah, even. Okay, she's not as annoying as she usually is. I think, <laughs> I think Iron Man fans and the non-comic book fans will be equally true. Okay. In fact, I liked it even more than Spider-Man and X-Men. Okay. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Yeah, actually. I, I kind of like those two trilogies, but no, man. Iron Man is the bomb. No one's allowed to talk, is that it? You can't talk? No, you intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. <laughs> is it better to be feared or respected? And I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. To peace. Tony Stark. Now you work for me. What are you building, Stark? Your eyes are red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I have my eyes open. I want to protect the people I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can rule all of Asia. Yeah, I can fly. Uh, Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., is this genius millionaire industrialist who inherits his father's weapons uh, manufacturing company Mm -hmm. uh, and takes it to new heights. Uh, While showing off his new weapon in Afghanistan, he gets kidnapped by some bad Middle Eastern-looking people in Dhaka, Dhakistan, and they force him to build WMDs for them. Mm, Weapons of mass destruction. Using his genius. Yes. Uh, To escape them, he makes a crude Iron Man suit and the incident changes his life. Uh, he he was naive to think that he was doing good. Like he believed that he was doing good by manufacturing such powerful weapons uh, for the protection of the US. Uh, he thought that he could do this without consequence. Uh, but he realizes then his company's weapons were being used by these very same bad guys. Mm. Yeah, and um, they are they are evil. Uh, and it's, it's, it, he wants to stop. This uh, stop these bad guys from using his own company's weapons against the world. Mm. So he builds a better version of the suit that he cruelly made in a cave uh, to fight injustice and evil and becomes Iron Man. <sighs> so like Gwyneth Paltrow is his personal assistant uh, and kind of love interest. Uh, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Yeah, Pepper. Alliteration. Pepper. Uh, thankfully, she does not have to act much. Um, but she does provide that kind of enough love interest but not enough to kind of get in the way you know love interest to interest you but not enough to get in the way of a good story mm, that's good yeah yeah yeah. Uh, some of the rip party between the two of them quite nice uh, you know she tells him it's her birthday and then he asks her to buy him herself something on his behalf you know mm. and 
that kind of thing lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jeff Jeff Starman Bridges Bridges <laughs> Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. of Starman fame uh, is Obadiah Stain. Uh, he succeeded Tony's father, and you know when the father died, uh, and then he thought to handed off the company to to Tony Stark. But he's always been like the guy in, who handles the board of directors. He's the mentor, lah. Mm. Uh, and he plays that dodgy character with quite a plume. Mm. Yeah. But the best performance still belongs to Robert Downey Jr.'s, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of, of Tony Stark. The irresponsible, charming, brilliant playboy. Mm. Um, he didn't go for dark and sexually dangerous, which is good. Mm. You know, some people wanted that because Tony Stark had that kind of itch in the comic, I suppose. Mm. But his Tony Stark was funnier. It was likable. Uh, a little bit of the 80s kind of playboy, you know, kind of younger Hugh Hefner kind of character. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he overshadowed everyone, you know, on the cast. I think if you alternatively name this movie, you wouldn't co- might not call it Iron Man, let's call it Robert Downey Jr., the movie. Wow. It was all him, you know. Wow. Yeah. So the- is it him or is it because of the character? He played that character so well because it's him, right? He struggled with drugs and uh, alcoholism and... And this is a kind of a playboy character who's also got a flawed kind of, you know, fast-wheeling life, mm. action junkie. I see. So quite method for him. A bit shortcut, la, you know, you see and you know his background, then you see his character. Ah, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, it's a Robert Downey Jr. character. Test complete, preparing to power down and begin diagnostics. Uh, yeah, tell you what, do a weather and ATC check, start listening in on ground control. Sir, there are still terabytes of calculations needed before an actual flight is adjusted. Jarvis, sometimes you gotta run before you can walk. Ready? In three, two, one. The movie is not entirely faithful to the comic book. For example, the original takes place in Vietnam, not Afghanistan. Mm. But they updated it, you know. The references. Yeah. Oh, they're not fun. There were some loopholes, for sure. I mean, like, hey, you ask the guy to make a missile in a cave and you have him under CCTV surveillance and you don't notice he's making a suit Uh, of metal. Hello? That don't look like no missile. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Yeah, stuff like that. And then some of the, oh man, the product placement, a little bit heavy. Hello, everyone drives an Audi. I see. <laughs> what the hell? For the comic book fans, uh, there are references to the Shield, to Shield, which is a um, very uh, famous uh, organization in in this Marvel universe. Mm. Uh, references to the Mandarin, his uh, arch enemy, Iron Man's uh, long foe, long running foe. Jim Rhodes, uh, uh, the character, and and even an allusion to War Machine which is sort of the other Iron Man. See, the backstory was Jim Rhodes, his friend, took over as and wore a, a, a variant of the Iron Man suit. I see. When Tony Stark had alcohol, alcoholism problems mm. and couldn't function as Iron Man. Oh. But the suit made um, Jim Rhodes, war machine uh, suit made Jim Rhodes kind of crazy. I see. Yeah, it messed with his mind because the suit's kind of designed for Tony Stark's brain. Oh dear. So yeah, so there was a, a series of comics. Mm. Yeah, so War Machine is a character, very interesting character. Okay. Uh, I was gushing like a little boy la, when <laughs> the Jim Rhodes character in the movie looked at the Mark II suit, which is the second version of the suit, and went, 
Next time, baby. So, but <gasps> maybe it's in the sequel. Huh? Ah. my wife didn't understand why I was so excited. Yeah, that's why I was gonna ask. Like, if you don't read the comics, that's all right. I mean, that was just all these are just nuggets. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you know, like oh yes, you recognize the oh the Mandarin. Oh oh damn. Okay, yeah. so those in the know will know. Like, yeah, but you, those are not. You know, it doesn't matter. You mm-hmm. know, it's still fun. Uh, and and it doesn't take the whole movie to tell you the beginnings of the hero. You know, like a lot of these first, you know, Spider Man, the first X Men. You know, they took. Uh, basically the whole movie to tell you the beginnings. Mm. This one, cut to the chase, you know, one third in the movie, done. Move on, the other half, the other two thirds of the movie is about another story. Mm-mm-mm. Let's move on and and go into him fighting something else, you know, somebody else. And there's no setup, you know, it's not a setup episode where you have to wait for the sequel to see the real movie. Mm. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, and the action uh, rarely lets up. Very, very nice. Very little emo, very little angst. Yes, there is some struggle there about his, you know, being a merchant of death, creating weapons, making, getting rich on it. Mm. You know, the, the angst, yes, is there, but it's not the angst that you see in Spider-Man, a bit too emo. Ah, uh, I see. There's less of the emo More stuff. subtle. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's an action, action comedy, you know, it's not a teen drama. Uh, the tech, oh, the tech. The tech is the, is the joy of the movie. I mean, it's a gold mine of toys in there. It's all about the toys. I mean, the CG worked very well. It showed you all the mechanical things that seem to really work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Transformers, Transformers, they, they, they showed some transforming and moving parts, right? But with the CG, right, the, the transforming was fuzzy. Mm. You know, you, you, didn't, you saw some kind of transforming and stuff. Here is like, you know, wow, it really looks like a working suit. Oh. You know, the flight flaps work. So it's it's all like for real, like it looks like it's a real physical object right. that works. Except maybe the power source, which is a bit of a stretch, mm. small little battery pack he has. But beyond that, the whole thing, you know, you see hydraulics and you see stuff more like, yeah, that looks like a suit, you know, a real thing. Every mechanical detail is shown with loving detail, you know. Mm. And you walk away thinking, yeah, yeah, cool. And and and, and do stay to the end. Uh, credits there's a surprise cameo for those who are in the know um, know the man was not cut from the movie he was just plonked at the end credits and probably might see him in the next movie Ooh. Yeah, yeah so I would say for Iron Man I would say awesome 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 wow uh, I'm gonna watch it again <laughs> okay and definitely like hoping and praying that there'll be a sequel uh. yeah it's gonna be a sequel mm. there has to be a sequel you know uh, I'm going to go a second time maybe without the wife. Yeah. Grab oh, the blokes. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to go down there and then like... Go with um, the fanboys. Mm, yeah, baby. Everybody who knows the ins and outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What do you watch this time? Awake. Awake. Mm-hmm. This uh. movie has an interesting premise. Um, it actually started with white text on black, which gives statistics on how many people go through general anesthesia in a year. Uh... Of course, you know, uh, to, to have um, surgery done on them and, and how many of them actually sleep through it. Yeah. But then there is also a worrying enough proportion who find themselves not drugged out and uh, not, not completely asleep, la, in other words. Yeah. Which means that they can hear the conversation. They, can, they, they, can't, really, um, they can't really sort of be um, blissfully asleep while the operation is being done on them. La. And uh, so a young capitalist investment firm chief Clay Beresford is is just one of these guys who goes through an experience like this. And Hayden Christensen plays this guy, 22-year-old financial genius, suffers from what they call anesthetic awareness. Oh, that's creepy, man. Mm -hmm, As he undergoes a heart transplant. Uh, 
imagine the pain and the trauma lah, huh? mm. so anyway um, his character is, is more or less fleshed out within the first 10 minutes of the movie basically that he's an overprotected son mm. he has a heart problem has to live up to his late father's legacy as this self-made businessman uh, wants to be free from his father's shadow and of course his mother's hold right mm. uh, start at the beginning it seems like he's a bit of a mummy's boy right but most importantly he wants to be with um, Jessica Elba's character Sam Oh, Jessica Alba. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who is his mother's personal assistant and uh, dropped dead gorgeous beauty all at once. Wow. Uh, presumably, his mother objects when she finally finds out. I want you to take a good look around you, Clay. You're creating jobs, you're saving companies. You own half of this city. Help. I have the Hey. Hey. Engaged to be married. Clay, you got your whole life ahead of you. Do I? Come on in. Get acquainted. Not us. When I open up your chest, it is a very real possibility that you will die right here on this table. You get your house in order just in case. As soon as you get out, I'll be right here. Go ahead and count back from 10 for me, will you? Ten, nine, eight, seven. Is it good to go? Sleeping like a baby. What? Am I supposed to be asleep okay. right now? Everyone ready to get started here? I can still hear you. Ready as I'll ever be. Wait, some, something's wrong. Am I supposed to be able to still hear you? What's the matter? I don't know where I can do this. Do not get paranoid. Just inject the heart. In an hour, he'll be dead and we'll be rich. Wait, wait, wait. What? No one knows. He'll be toes up on the slab downstairs. Oh, my God. They're trying to kill me. This is happening. This is just my imagination, that's all. What the hell's going on in here? Everything's fine. You shouldn't be in here. Don't trust him. He's lying to you. I'm not risking your life on some second-rate doctor. He's my friend, mother. I trust him. Scalpel. I am so sorry. You're not gonna die. Um, it's got the stuff of a thriller, okay? For instance, when Clay lays on the operating table and his eyes are closed, but he's still awake, he uncovers a plot to kill him. He uh-huh. never suspected before. Right? Wow. So visually, there's not much to see of his struggle because you imagine he's the main character, but he's supposed to be drugged out and he's not, right? So you can see his eyes moving a lot, is it? No, actually you can't. He's actually very still. But so you, you know he knows. Because there's a voiceover. Oh. Ah, which is growing more and more desperate, right? He's trying to stop the surgeon and the nurses from continuing the surgery. Poor guy. Whole show is this acting lying there. Uh, <laughs> not entirely, okay, okay right. because um, to escalate the tension, right, Clay mm. actually wills himself to get up and do something, okay? Oh, wow. So he actually has this out-of-body experience, okay? So you oh. see his, you see the spirit of Clay getting up, pleading with the people around him for help, revisiting his past to discover how he ended up in the middle of this evil scheme, but he's actually quite powerless, so it's actually quite drama, okay? okay? But, 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 this movie would be very good if there was more thought, I think, given to proper characterization. Okay? Uh. Um, and don't even get me started on the very convenient plot twists and flashbacks, which which basically um, negate any need for skillful storytelling. Oh, dear. Sorry. I just really think that when you want to use voiceovers, flashbacks, and things like that, it cannot be out of 
convenience. I'm sure that there is a reason that you know we can attribute to it. Oh, of course, what because you know he has to kind of search his memory and and things like that. Um, but still, the, it requires a bit of sophistication. And I hate it when the dialogue is amateurish and people get away with it because, you know, they can just rely on the flashback and the voiceovers to explain everything, mm. okay? Um, and I think there is a bit of a problem because in the character development, right, sometimes within minutes, characters will oscillate from being very, very charitable to heartless or suddenly they'll be struck with a moral dilemma, you know? So I just felt that some of these psychological developments could have been played out. They could have mm. been more sort of, they could they could be signposted a little bit more, you know. After all, what happens to the, the saying, show, don't tell, right? Mm. Um, and I was actually quite surprised that some like pivotal character motivations were not dramatized. Okay, for example, like uh, Clay's mother, as I mentioned earlier on, she's supposed to be this overprotective mother, right? Uh, she's played by Lena Olin. Now, why doesn't she approve of Sam, his this girl that he is dating in secret. I mean, what's the backstory? We 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 don't. I mean, is it because she's poor? Is it because she's just a personal assistant? Is it because um, the mother just doesn't want him to have any romantic interests? It's hinted at, but still, I think there can be a little bit more in terms of giving the audience the satisfaction of knowing why the characters act the way they do, right? Okay. Um. So. I, I think that the storytelling generally was a bit shoddy, okay? Um, I, I think partly, if I'm I'm guessing correctly, I think the makers actually just wanted to get to the thriller part. And the thriller part is quite thrilling, I have to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, from a marketing point of view, there's nothing wrong, I think, with wanting to sort of play up the, the thriller part. But I think the payoff would have been greater if they had spent some time developing the characters' motivations, the relationships, so that... You know, you get the audience buy-in by the time the thriller hits. Okay. So is this a decent enough thriller though? I think it is. I mean, it, it's it's very... Um, I mean, basically the signs are laid out and then they, they do explain everything. So, you know, the, the pace is fairly quick and, and you're entertained. Lah. So um, from that point of view, I think I, I would still say watch it. Okay. Does Jessica Alba look hot in it? She looks super hot. Oh, okay, I'm just going to watch it. Yeah, she looks super hot. Because I like her for acting. <laughs> yes. Sure. And I'm um, a straight woman as well, but she <laughs> really does look very, very hot. Excellent. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but I cannot really say very much about the acting of anybody in the cast oh, uh, that has Jessica Alba, uh, Hayden Christensen, <sighs> you know, because essentially, you know, if you don't give the characters a chance to develop, then it's very hard for the actors to really show their kung fu. Oh, their kung fu. Huh? Mm, their kung fu. Kung fu. Yeah, so okay. there you go. Awake. Okay, let's ah, jump. Actually, ah. I wanted to say also what? that the ending is quite interesting. Maybe there may be a sequel. Wow. Uh, Awake 2. Yeah, but I won't say anything more because Awake again. Go and watch. <laughs> Awake again. <laughs> Insomnia. <laughs> okay, let's jump to Doomsday. Doomsday. Doomsday is an uh, English movie. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Sorry, why? An English movie. I didn't think that it was Chinese or. No, no, it's, it's all spoken English, but it's made in England. Ah. Uh, yeah, Great Britain seems to be always canine virus. You mean like mad cow disease? Uh, that's part of it, but in movies anyway. But Doomsday is 28 years later. Okay. <laughs> you know the movie? Yes. Uh, it, starts, it starts like 28 weeks later, you know, references to a Reaper virus, wipes out all of Scotland. Uh, puts Great Britain into isolation from the world, you know, and then the infected and the uninfected are walled off mm. from the south of UK. No one's allowed to go into the north or come out. Let them all die there. Whoever doesn't get out, you know, you can go and die because we can't risk having the whole, uh, whole country infected. 
So 25 years later, you know, having left the, the North to die to the, to the virus, the dictatorship that's running the UK um, is mar- in, under martial law, of course, sends in a team of, you know, commandos to find a cure when the satellite images uh, monitoring the, the North show signs of survivors. Mm-hmm. So it means if there are survivors, that means someone in there has developed immunity, right? Right. So, uh, and also in the South where the survivors are, um, the Reaper virus is making an ugly comeback. This is the end of the world! It was an epidemic unlike any other. Within days, millions were infected. Within weeks, they were forced together. Containment is our absolute priority. Blockade all bridges, streets and rail links. And then left to die. But 25 years after the outbreak... It's the virus. It's back. Containment has failed. What the hell are we going to do? What we're about to show you is highly confidential. Survivors? Inside the hot zone. And if there are survivors, there must be a cure. You're going out there. If there's such a thing as hell on Earth, that's it. I know what we're looking for. If it's there, I'll find it. Take us in. Once you're over that wall, there's no system, no rules, no backup. To find a cure... We're against the clock on this one. They must return to the world they left behind. How the hell are we supposed to find anything in this mess? I'll know when I see it. This is our city! We're gonna catch them! Hook them! And eat them! Uh, this is an insane mad ride of a movie. It's kind of 28 Days Later meets The Road Warrior meets Aliens meets Resident Evil meets Lord of the Rings meets Escape from New York meets Mad Max. Wow. Any originality or not? None whatsoever. <laughs> it's not homage lah. Homage lah. You know? Homage. Uh. Homage senjata. Don't get mad if you don't see a credible plot <laughs> or any good acting. Or any fancy uh, CG. It's, it's, it's a violent, violent bloodbath of a movie. Uh, the lead character is a character called Eden Sinclair. Um, she's actually Ronna Mitra, who is this kick-ass hot chick soldier with one robotic eye. Mm-hmm. She lost her eye as a kid um, because uh, when she and her mom were trying to get evacuated from Scotland, the only thing uh, she's got left to remind her of her mom who didn't make it. La. The mom gave up, like, you know, you go, la. there's no space. Uh, she was shot in the eye so um, the mom gave her an envelope with a home address on it that's all you can you know it's all she can't remember how her mom looks like she was a little kid when she was born, when she was uh, evacuating uh, so her eye can be taken out and thrown on the floor become a remote eye yeah it's quite gross then you can control she controls it with her watch uh. her watch got a like, camera like <laughs> viewfinder thing that can remote control that's cool. Uh, her team enters this forbidden zone, right? Uh, to find that the survivors are now a bunch of cannibalistic post-apocalyptic punks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, right, when society faces a virus that threatens to wipe it out, uh, its survivors will become cannibals, dressed like gothic punks, and like really bad music. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Already. It's very fun. It's that ludicrous. And it gets m- sillier. Uh, but I won't tell you what, how it, how, who else they meet in Northern England. Uh, except to say that it's, it's even more ludicrous than this. But, you know, you go there, you have some campy fun in the movie. Uh, it's not really a zombie flick because, you know, there are no zombies. Mm. 
it's just a very over-the-top futuristic action movie with B-grade action movie with a lot of references to your favorite movies. Mm. And if you you, you, you will enjoy that. Like, just oh, one silly moment after another one, just piling on top of each other. And, and the violence. Mm. And I'm glad they didn't cast some bussy girl, big boobs, to be the hot chick. Mm. Yeah, she looks tough. Okay. Yeah, and kick ass. So it was good casting? Yeah, I don't know who she was. I mean, these are not American actresses or anything. We're not used to the British actresses, right? Don't mm. know who they are. But this is fun, you know. This this good, silly fun. Okay, doomsday, yeah? We all need silly fun in our lives. Okay. <laughs> doomsday. Yes. And this is See What Show. Also good silly fun. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Production of C. What? Show.com.